Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my guest today, Ben Redmond. He's the creator of Eternus. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Now, what is Eternus? Right. So, well, Eternus is a nice little rules light uh, science fa- fiction, sort of space fantasy role playing game inspired by. A, a sort of a wide range of things within that genre, going from things like uh, like He-Man and the Master of the Universe at the campiest end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. all the way up to sort of like June and 40K at the sort of the grimdark end of the spectrum. And it's designed to be somewhere in between those two points. So, you know, I don't want it as, as miserable as like 40K can be at times <laughs> in June, you know. I mean, we're kind of coming off a, a kind of a June game that sort of really divided our part, our usual role-playing group up in terms of whether they liked it or not Um, i think some of us just found it a bit too depressing (laughs) so this is it's designed to be something that's a bit more so it's got a lot of those ideas of you know you've got some high-tech stuff but you've also got all the like a lot of fantasy tropes of you know swords and sorcery and magic and and all of those kind of things going on but it's designed to have a, a like a real kind of strong heroic element to it as well so but there still has some of that political side of things that you get in, in say something like june for example it's a typical far future you know that humanity expanded to the stars millennia ago and then they've forgotten everything I w- i'm curious about a couple things I, 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 you said the political spectrum stuff that like dune has i'm curious how that's incorporated into the game and how that how that plays out so yeah you create as a party so when you're doing your session zero you create a domain so you create your little corner of the universe it's a feudal setting so you've got a liege lord and you kind of as a party you create that and you all either allied to it or obligated to it in some way and you build that into your characters as you're creating it and then the house has rules that it can do things for you so you know it has resources that you can spend during the during the mission you can call upon its agents to do various different things for you or you know get a squad of guards to help you out or something like that so it, there's there's lots of kind of ways in which it plays a kind of a practical part in it suppose but it's more supposed to be like alongside the main sort of heroic adventure, the most supporting of that core characters doing their heroic stuff. It seems that to be that the domain building is a is a pretty big, like it's a, it's a kind of a front and center. It's one of the first things you stumble yeah. on in in the book when you open it up. Could you tell us a bit more about that domain building and what you're going to be doing there? That seems like an important part of character creation in this. Yeah, it was, well, that's one of the sort of little, the later changes to um, that I made to the book was the position of it within it. And I thought it just, it kind of it needs to be there right at the start because it informs your character creation. The, the actual system for creating the domain is very simple. You know, you just, you choose what sort of level of importance or prominence your domain is going to be. You know, are you going to be like the little emperor of your little sector or king that's got other rival kingdoms or just some other sort of county or duchy or something within a kingdom, you know? So, you know, are you going to be like House Stark or House Lannister or one of the, like a smaller house below that, you know, that, that type of level. So you choose a level and there's advantages and disadvantages to each. So they're all theoretically kind of balanced. And then you choose a little bit of a, like a house archetype to get a domain archetype, sorry, to give it a bit of theme to it as well. So, you know, you can be specialist or you could be like really wealthy or be like a, a really old house that's in decline, but has loads of 
sort of people respecting you for the for the force that they that you once were and so they kind of tweak that basis a bit as well and then you just get to buy a few little kind of resources with the core facilities that you're house owns so you know do you have like an expert blacksmith a hospital or a university within your domain or do you have like a really powerful heirloom a magic weapon or something that's been passed down through your family for generations and you can just you have a few points to spend and you can just buy that stuff um and then that's then things that kind of can help you in help your characters in the game once you're done so when it comes to the actual mechanics of the system could you could you tell us a bit about that? It's designed to be really simple. It's just based on uh, effectively everything is call and plays, you know, like like in a lot of games like the Powered by the Apocalypse games and Plays in the Dark. You just choose a play that represents the thing that you want to do. It has a target number that's like on a D6 with modifiers. So some of them get harder than a than you can achieve on a normal D6, but you've got modifiers to add to it. So it's just a single D6 mechanic, basically. But where the system is perhaps a bit more interesting and what that adds a little bit of a tactical edge to it is that, say, if you're in a combat scene, at the start of each round, you roll three dice that are going to be your actions for the turn. and But then you get to choose which ones you use for which. So say you've, in your little dice pool of three, you've got a six and you've got a really big attack that, uh, type power that you want to do. Then you say, well, I'm going to use the six for that or alternatively if you had a really big monster that you was kind of attacking you and you wanted to stay safe from it and you might want to uh, use the six to defend against that monster instead at its core it's very simple just it's like single d6 roll but then you have a little bit of kind of a choice and a tactical sort of like play of options and you've got a bunch of different plays that you can choose to use. So there's a bunch of them that are for combat and other ones that are for non-combat scenes. And you build those up by choosing your character. So your character is basically just a bunch of stats that are just... So there's five different stats that are just modifiers to different to the different plays that you might make. And then a bunch of plays that you can do. There's five basic plays for non-combat that everybody has. Five basic plays for combat that everybody has. And then as you, your character just has special stuff based on what cool archetype you're being for your character. Am I correct? This, this is a powered by the apocalypse based type thing? Only for, only for, it's more okay. inspired by. Inspired um, And by. to be fair, my only experience of powered by the apocalypse is Yusagi Ujimbo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you've played that, it's, it's kind of, it's very close to that. It was, it's my idea of, oh, I played that, really enjoyed that. I have a, a friend who runs it <laughs> who is, uh, he's actually a scholar of Japanese feudal history. Oh. And a massive fan of the actual comics that it's based on as well. Oh, yeah. So he does a really sort of good, authentic experience with it. That Powered by the Apocalypse system is great for flow of story and things like that. But there's some of us who are a bit more sort of old school. And when it gets to the combat, it can be a bit sort of basic and mm-hmm. a bit dull. So what I'm trying to do here is kind of be at the same sort of end of the of the of the gaming spectrum in terms of simple systems, just let the narrative flow. But just to when you get to a combat, just give you a few more options, a few more things to think about to keep you a bit more tactically engaged as well, if that's the sort of gamer that you are. If you're not, the combats can just be really simple and just say, right, I've got my weapon, I'm going to attack with that weapon, see what happens. I'm going to defend, I'm going to dodge, whatever. You know, If you want to keep it simple, it's dead simple, you can do that. If you want a bit more to it, then you can buy a bunch of special tactical plays for your character that affect combat in different ways. Domain play is a thing that people have talked about in the past that I've I've had discussions about and 
kind of a thing that isn't the most common to start off with in a game. So I think that's interesting. But you've you've also got you've got a lot more going on here, like world. What I say, like like some world building stuff going on here towards later on in the book, or it, it comes with its own setting. It's not it's not just generic. It has its own very specific setting that is very much pitched within the middle of that sort of spectrum within space fantasy, as I would say. I mean, one of the things I talk about when I talk about the themes of the game is I talk about how it's rather than being shades of grey or black and white, it's like there's black and white, the flip sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. There is darkness and harshness in the world. There's contrast there, and your characters might be touched or affected by that in some way, but then it's how do you interact with that that makes some kind of interesting story points. You know, it's it's a feudal setting, so it's you know, a feudalist society. A feudalist society is incredibly sort of harsh and, and dark and unfair, inherently unfair system in which to live. When you're building your character, you can build it to be people who are at the top of the feudal pile or at the bottom of the feudal pile. The idea being that that then makes interesting character and story art to play with rather than sometimes some of them like 40k in particular has been criticized for for glorifying some of these kind of darker elements at times. Mm-hmm. My goal is not to do that. My goal is to make an interesting setting that's got some conflict within it for players to kind of to work through and develop their own story with, but that those elements are not something that I'm trying to glorify at all. In terms of the setting itself, there is a kind of a magic, not entirely dissimilar to the Force in Star Wars, and it's called the Eternus, Then that's where, where the name of the game gets from. It is, I suppose, a bit like the Force, it's got this inherent goodness to it, an inherent sort of like altruism and desire to help people and to for, for people to, to make the most out of themselves. You get something called favour points to spend that, that kind of helps you improve dice rolls and things like that. But the idea is that because that is tied to the Eternus and that there is this figure called the goddess who is also linked to the power of the Eternus, you know, a lot of it is by doing good deeds is, is one of the ways in which you kind of develop that and, and gain more kind of points. And, and by living to the, you choose a core virtue for your character as well. Playing to that virtue is encouraged. And so then that helps you gain more favor points, which is, you know, hopefully emphasizing a lot more of the kind of the heroic element of the game as well. And now the, I'm curious to know a little bit more about, about some of this, like, like the, the religious aspect and the goddess and stuff there that's in this. There's a chapter towards the end called the secrets chapter. Mm. And within that, I don't have one particular idea for for what the goddess is within the setting. You know, there is a religion that is the worship of the goddess. And because the game is inspired by a lot of sort of, you know, European medieval feudal, feudal society. So therefore, the religion on its surface appears... A lot like medieval Catholicism, I suppose. Okay. Not necessarily as corrupt, but if you want it to be corrupt, it depends on your game. You know, it's something that you can kind of tweak. You know, if you want the goddess to be a real sort of magnificent force for good and everybody who believes in her follows her principles ideally and is heroic and you can be very, you know, very much like those old 80s He-Man cartoons yes. where, they, where they had the little kind of moral at the end of them you can, <laughs> you can do that and it's designed to allow that that, that sort of theme and, and and ideas to be talked about if you want or if you want the the church to be as kind of corrupt and self-interested as the as several people might argue the catholic church of the medieval period probably was 
then uh, then you can do that too. You know, it's up to you to sort of choose the balance point. The story that the faith tells, though, is essentially that the goddess was once a human. Uh, she was a ship's captain of an exploration vessel, and they found this location called the Well of Ages. Uh, well, yeah, Well of, I think it's called the Well of Ages. That is the source of this power of the Eternus, and she was able to sort of become one with it and guide it. And so she's then been focusing the Eternus out to try and help humanity and try and get these different disparate uh, human communities that are spread throughout the galaxy together you know not to muddy the waters that with aliens and anything like that is and that's a kind of a mystery that you can explore but there are no aliens in the setting you know all the kind of sort of alien animalistic life but anything uh, sapient is human could you tell the listeners where they can pick it up and uh, where they can find your work online and find you online. This game is one of a few that I've written. So I, um, I sell I sell all my stuff through Drive Through RPG. That's why it's publishing name on there is the Black Orifice. Uh, so you can find Eternus there. I think at the moment it's currently actually on the front page in the top sort of uh, four or five or something like that on the uh, uh, hottest small press items. So nice. <laughs> just launched this weekend and it's had quite a good, uh, quite a good um, initial response. Yeah. Fourth on the, um, on the hottest small press on the front page of drive. Yes, yes. I, I was kind of really pleased and a little bit surprised as to how well it did on, uh, on this first weekend, but you know, I've given, I have put a bit of a discount on it to try and get it up there as well so go to drive through search for returners search for the black orifice you'll find me and my stuff there's some other games on there that you might be interested in um i've got one called to end all wars which is uh first world war meets cthulhu in the trenches on the western front <laughs> and it's got lots of kind of the slang of the time so you can be a donkey walloper or a flag wagger and <laughs> things <laughs> like that um as you are fighting off the existential threat of the great old ones and things like that <laughs> and that's kind of a more rules light one and then i've got a real sort of like heavy crunch game called newtonium engine which is like a superhero alternate history 18th century so around the time of the seven years war or the, the uh, french indian war i think you call it over in the colonies don't you yes it's like clock punk and superhero sort of post post-human slash superhero sort of game there there's a few others there as well from i've been publishing on on drive through from like the early 2000s when the initial d20 boom um i, I rode that wave with a few kind of supplements there for for like third end 3.5 DD. Um, and then since then, I've been doing more of my own thing. But there's a bunch of stuff on there that you can find out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at the Black Orifice on Twitter. If you want to follow me on there, that's where I kind of post a lot of my sort of gaming related mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I do have a website. I'm very bad at updating it, but that's <laughs> blackorifice.uk. But it's so badly updated, I've not even got anything about Eternus on it yet at all. So, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Well, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I've been listening to the podcast as well, I've been enjoying it. So, Excellent. thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. Use any support we can get, patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.